Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women Scholars and Professionals podcast. My name is Anne Boyd, and I'll be your host. We at Women Scholars and Professionals are here to support women in their God-given callings into the university and beyond. So if you're a graduate student or a faculty member, an administrator or a student in professional school, a scholar in between jobs, or simply a person who supports women in the academic world, then this podcast is for you. If you're wondering what happened to All Shall Be Well and women in the academy and professions. There's no need for concern. You're in the right place. We've simply decided to change our name. Let me invite you into a special episode, our first in a series of episodes where we answer some of your dear mentor questions. Today, we're talking about back-to-school rhythms. How do you get geared up for the semester? What habits get you in the mindset for an energizing start to the school year? Karen Heiss-Guzman, director of Women Scholars and Professionals, sat down with three women faculty members representing the fields of chemistry, music, and business, and recorded their best tips and wisdom to help you start your school year on the right foot. Let me add a special note here for those of you who are not professionally aligned with a school schedule at this time of year. You are welcome too. The ideas that emerge from these three conversations can be applied easily to a number of contexts. So we hope you listen in and glean the wisdom that connects with your own life and work situation. First up, we'll hear from Rachel Barnard, chemistry professor at Michigan State University. In this brief interview, you'll hear the way Rachel brings a sense of order into her fall preparation as she finds clarity in her goals and anticipates the way she'll be called on to care holistically for others. Karen Guzman starts off this interview by reading the question we're posing to our mentors. Dear mentor, how do you prepare for a new academic year? Are there practices or procedures you've developed to get ready physically, emotionally, spiritually, those sorts of things for a new semester? Any tips that you would like to pass along? So Rachel, what do you think about that question? I think it's a great question. Um, I think what you do with that will depend on when you're listening to this. So if you listen to this the day before your semester starts, what you do with things is a little bit different. Sure. Whereas if you're three or four weeks before your semester starts, what you do with that um, might be different as well. Um, so as I was thinking about that question, I was thinking like, before I wanna think about the fall, it's, I, I think it might be helpful to think about how to end the summer well, so as you live in season. So what, what are some things that feel like quintessential summer to you that maybe you haven't done yet that would make you feel like you really got the most out of your summer and sure. can sort of close that well? Yeah. So for me, like I like to go strawberry picking. And I like to go watch the sunrise over water at least once. And if I, those are like 20 minute activities, right? It's not a whole weekend, but like, if I've done those things, I feel like I have really gotten what I want out of summer. And then I'm okay to like move on to the next thing. 
Um, and those are like life things, not work things. So like what are what are sort of fun things or family things? So like maybe it's going to the local ice cream store or riding your bike to that favorite lake nearby. Like what are the things in your life that feel like you got the most out of that season sure. um, in terms of the things that feel fun or rejuvenating or restful to you? Um, and then when you look towards the fall, um, what are things that you want to um, put into your life, and I'm not even thinking work things right now, that will help you feel like that's been a good fall season. So for some people, that's, um, they really want to go apple picking, or that's when you do your family photos, or that's like, maybe I'm going to run a half marathon, right? What are those things? And when might they be in the fall to help me feel like I am, I'm living sort of the good, a good life um, as I look towards those things. Um, and for many of us, many faculty are in a hard season, um, with family life, with church life, with work stuff. And so this might not be a season for new goals, but maybe instead it's a season for the essentials. So mm. maybe it's time to take a moment to think not like, what do I want to add to my life, but what are the sort of core things that I want to make sure that I'm making time for and putting my energy towards in this next season? It's not a season for adding, but really focusing on the essentials um, in that season of life. Um, for fall, for many academics, this is our New Year's, right? So like everybody celebrates January, but September for me is, right. really, is really New Year's, right? That's right. So That's right. I like to do things like um, buy myself school supplies. Like maybe this is a new planner. Um, I have a paper folder or binder for each of my courses. So which colored binder do I want for each of my classes? You know, I have a couple favorite pens. So making sure I have my favorite pens around, you know, like buying school supplies is a fun part of back to school for me has been for most of my life. And so doing those fun seasonal things um, when it feels right and good to help me feel sort of excited about um, the season to come. Um, my best friend and I joke that during the school year, it's really hard to do things like get the car's oil changed or get a haircut during the school year. Okay, so maybe it's sure. helpful to do that during <laughs> like before the semester starts. Yes. So like, you know, you got your haircut, you don't have to think about that. Um, so like some of the, the practical things um, to help savor the summer season as well as have things to look forward during the school year yeah yeah that's wonderful. I can get to your three physical emotional spiritual but how does that sound to you Karen sure oh that's great yeah okay yeah. so tell me your other your other thoughts yeah yeah so you you asked sort of how do you prepare physically emotionally and spiritually so there was um one thing that I do that helps with the sort of physical, emotional, mental prep for that is I prepare a weekly calendar and then a semester long calendar. And frankly, the semester long calendar is the one at the end of my syllabus. But then the big assessments I put on my personal Google calendar, um, and that helps me see how life and work are interacting. So um, uh, the weekly calendar is helpful because it helps me understand like just how many meetings have I gotten myself into? How many meetings have I said yes to? And just how jam-packed is this going to be? Um, and what are the other sort of standing commitments in my, in my life that I want to block out time for? So I have a two-hour Zoom call with a dear friend every week, and that is non-negotiable, right? So we sure. find time for that, and it's literally on my calendar. I'm not available for meetings or emails or other things. It's happening. Um, there are, you know, like maybe there's a prayer meeting that I want to go to, or um, I want to, you know, I need to have time for running, right? Where is that going to fit? Um, and then the weekly schedule is really helpful because it would help me see things like, oh, every Wednesday is a 10 hour day. Hmm. So questions, can I change that? 
And that might mean that Thursday is going to be a lighter day just because energy wise, Wednesday is a really long day. So yes. if I put in, I don't know, like in August, I don't necessarily know when all the committee meetings are be. So just like they're just listed on the side and then they'll get added later. But that that kind of weekly schedule can help me see the rhythm of a week mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. where there are rooms where there is room for. Um, like, oh, Monday will be the day when I try to have lunch with a colleague, or I know I want to run, where is that going to fit in here, sure. or the, the long days and the short days. So the weekly schedule is helpful for that, to understand the rhythm of a week. And then a semester-long schedule is helpful because it helps me make sure that the things that I know I want to do, I can fit around existing work commitments. So if I'm going to run a half marathon, I can't grade an exam that weekend too, you know, so like scheduling, like how are these going to conflict or work together or right, sort of the rhythms right. of a fall semester, or if you're going to travel for a wedding, right? You got to plan, is that when I need to be in person to do a thing, or can I plan ahead when I'm going to be away for that? So to the degree that you know, when your um, heavy work schedule is going to be allowing to plan for the semester. Um, and then I put like, I put the big assessments on my personal calendar so that I can see as I'm planning things when those come together. Um, and then sort of as, as if you're imagining going into the fall semester, uh, it can be helpful to think about um, what are things before we get into the fall that we might want to take a moment to celebrate. Um, what are things that we're thankful for in the last year? I mean, what are things that we might want to take a moment to grieve um, that have happened or are ongoing um, to take a moment with the Lord um, to grieve those things that are happening? Um, so some, some practices to think about what am I getting myself into this fall? Um, and then one thing that I do every summer um, as I take a retreat. Um, in my life, this is a, a week-long retreat. Um, some folks do an afternoon, some folks do a weekend or a day, whatever, whatever works in your life um, and your practice. But an intentional time to focus with the Lord about, to ask those questions about what am I getting myself into and listen to his response. And mm -hmm. uh, where would you have me focus this year? Um, what are things, um, how do you see this thing that I'm grieving? What, are, what should we celebrate together um, in this instance? Um, the spiritual practice of an examine might be a thing to do uh, in that sort of retreat space about what has family life been like in this last year? What has mm. church life been like in this last year? Here's some of the things that I'm thinking, Lord, what might you want to say in this situation? But that kind of spiritual reflection can be really helpful to process, but also prepare with the Lord uh, for what he might be bringing um, in the next school year or just one semester at a time. Sure. Yeah, that's lovely. And you never know what's going to come out of a retreat. You know, sometimes it's big things and sometimes it's little things. Um, I think about um, what are the, I would call them an Ebenezer. So what are sort of the stones of remembrance in your life? Um, sure. And I find it helpful in seasons to go back to those um, Ebenezer stories or moments or scriptures or things that we're grateful for about how the Lord has provided to remember those things mm -hmm. uh, as we move into a new season. Um, to not just sort of charge forward, but also remember what the Lord has done and how he has been faithful in those past circumstances yes. sort of as a mm -hmm. precedent for how we will continue to be faithful exactly. in the coming circumstances. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, in recent conversations with faculty, a number of them have been telling me how they've, they are noticing that students are different. Mm -hmm. And they think that the pandemic and the sort of the realities that 
students have been forced into during the pandemic, whether that's the way they finished their high school years or whether that's the way they started their, you know, their, their university years um, has had a significant influence on them. And so as they land in their, in their classrooms and in their labs, they feel like, whoa, students are really different these days. So I'm curious if, uh, if, if you're sensing the same thing Mm-hmm. Um, and how you think students have changed or what you think some of the issues are for them right now. And, and does that affect the way you are thinking about this fall in partic- particular? Uh, mm-hmm. does it, is that influencing the ways you're thinking about um, your, your courses, your labs, your interaction with students or what you're expecting your interaction with students or will be just curious about that. Yeah, so I teach science courses, lab and lecture, um, and mostly I teach college freshmen. So I get them straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. And so I do see that transition, helping them transition to college is part of my job um, as a person who teaches first year students. And so journeying along with them as they figure out how, like, (laughs) you know, they get to October and they're like, I don't, I don't really know how to do laundry or like, I don't know how to make friends or like the food is weird here. You know, like all of that sort of happens in the space of my courses. And sure, um, that's one of the delightful things about working with first year college students is helping them with that transition to college. And some want help and some don't. And some think like, why would I tell my chemistry teacher that I don't have friends? Like that, there's some, so it, it's human dependent as well. Um, I think in pandemic times, I have had more students deal with like, trauma with a capital T um, sort of situations that sort mm-hmm. of come up or um, more students that just disappear. And I'm so I send these emails. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hi, I haven't heard from you in two weeks. Are you okay? Like, how can I help? Um, and like, you don't, you don't need to explain your life to me. It's just, I care about you and I notice. And so what's, how can I like reel you back in again? Like, do you need to take a medical leave of absence? I can help with that. Are you just exhausted and can't make it to a 9am? Okay. How can we think about that? Like, I'll help you keep up with them as much as you can, but some things we just have to let go. So it's like a, hello, what's going on? Um, and with the number of students that I teach, I can't do that super often, but when I notice trying to reach out um, and support them. So I would say, in terms of my practice, I'm asking myself that question of, are there places where I can extend more grace with deadlines or assessments or expectations mm-hmm. while still doing my work of meeting the learning goals that my students need to do? Like, I feel like I'm still contractually obligated to sure. get, get the sort of breath that I've committed to doing. And there's reasons why I have sort of the deadlines that I do and the practices that I do. But can there be more flexibility in here in ways that are respectful of what's going on with students that also don't make my life insane given other commitments and responsibilities? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the answer might be no, there aren't changes that I can make, but it's worth asking um, if there can be flexibility or accommodations or ways that students can say, hello, I need help. Or, you know, maybe it's the LMS has an automated system where if they miss a, you know, they, a day before they get a notification, right? Because people just need more help with executive functioning in the busyness of pandemic life and all of that. Um, so whether there are better ways to use online tools or more ways to support students or be flexible about things. Um, so I don't know that it's changing the preparing because mm-hmm. uh, the answer might not be different about how to help students with that. But sure. um, even just remembering like, 
everybody's dealing with this differently. And some students are going to want to like ignore it all and put their nose to the grind and just do the school thing. And other students are not going to be able to do that. Right. And they're right. all going to be here and you're not going to know who's who. Um, so we're going to, we're going to walk in it together when we get there. Sure. Um, but some of those questions can be helpful because you're going to have to make an accommodation at some point for somebody. Yeah. Great. Well, any any other tips or tricks that you might want to pass along to others who are thinking about prepping for a new academic year? I think it's a gift to be faculty um, and it's easy to get lost in the details of the work and the, sure. you know, like I thought my job was molecules and writing exams and it turns <laughs> out my job is people. And so okay. remembering that it's not a bad thing to do the people work, like that is also the job, the relationships with students and supporting them and learning how to do that well. And the relationships with colleagues and administrators, like that actually is the job. It's not just <laughs> molecules and going to class, like all of the being kind to your, your work neighbors is, is the job too. So um, embracing that as well. Yeah. Next, let's listen in on a short conversation with Jana Young voice professor at Kennesaw State University in Georgia. You'll notice right away that Jana takes reflection seriously, looking back on the whole year and engaging in evaluation before settling down to organize her calendar. She also talks about ways to tend to students who may have challenges at home or who are wrestling with anxiety resulting from the unique struggles of the past few years. Well, first thing, I try to think about the last year and what worked and what didn't work, what could sure. work better, what my role is. I kind of have two little levels. One is I am the coordinator for about four or five voice teachers, the faculty. So I have four or five people that do exactly what I do. Okay. And I am the point person for all of them. I need to communicate with them. I need to keep everybody on the same page. We need to be pretty much doing the same thing, maybe in different ways, but we have uh, the bottom line is similar. And my thought process is no matter what teacher the student got, I want them to get the same quality, quantity of teaching throughout. So I want to give, make sure that the faculty feels that they're being communicated with and that there's some sort of a concerted effort to make a plan. And I usually have an end of school um, lunch or something with them in my house where we just kind of chill and talk about the year, talk about things that we want to change, things that we want to keep the same, things uh, we want to maybe add, subtract, whatever. And I say, you know, are there things that you want me to do that I'm not doing? Are there things that you don't want me to do that I am doing that I should not do? And kind of leave it open to that because I have found that if the faculty is, if they're happy and they are, they feel content and they feel uh, valued, that trickles down to the student. I concentrate there right at first. And I want the faculty to feel like there's an advocate for them, fighting for them or supporting them or encouraging them. or And then I try to think about usually somewhere between 12 to 
20 student, new students that come in. One of the keys to them is to communicate with them. Go ahead. You know, it doesn't matter that I'm off contract in the summer, whatever. They want to hear from somebody. And so I try to send them uh, one or two or three emails that say, looking forward to your being here. We're preparing a place for you. We're excited about the things that are going to be happening. Your teacher is getting ready for you. Please send me a a little bio, a picture, a fun fact about you, you know, to get them engaged and to get to know them a little bit. So I start off with just trying to make sure that they know someone's looking forward to seeing them August 15th. This number one. So what about yourself? How do you get yourself ready for a new year? Well, um, I spend a lot of time kind of getting organized. I spend a lot of time getting with the calendar, making sure that the skeleton for the year is there. Because I I, don't, I can't sleep unless I know the plan, you know. And so I have to get both semesters in front of me. I have to put in the events that I know about. I have to put in the events that I'm thinking about. I have to put in faculty meetings. I have to put in all the concerts, the symposiums that we have, all that kind of stuff. If I have my calendar set, then I I feel like I can then move on to how am I going to make this year or make this beginning or this semester any different or better than before? And how can I have that excitement that I've had? You sort of don't end with some of the excitement, but you need to start with that excitement. Uh, and and what can be different? How can it be that way? And I've I found that I honestly like new, I like the change in, in college. I like new semesters. I like, I like, setting goals, setting goals with students and what are your goals? And I like helping kids get to those goals. So I get excited about that. I get excited about picking them, you know, helping pick the music and setting the little goals and thinking about, you know, a new crop and how can I help them realize not only their musical goals, but personal goals learning goals. A lot of our students, they don't have adults in their lives that help them. A lot of them, the adults in their lives hold them back and, you know, handicap them in some ways. Not every parent, but a lot of parents do, or a lot of, some of them are off on their own and stuff. So I want them to know right off the bat, and I want to get ready for the mentally that you come in here with a a lot of skills, a lot of things, a lot of talent, a lot of things that are, you know, unrealized, but every day set goals and I'll help you. I will help you. And honestly, I will be your advocate. You have to prepare to love them. You know, you may not like some of the stuff or whatever, like that. You just take them how they are and love them how they are. And, and you can move them as soon as they come in. You, I try to think, I want them to be better when they leave this door this day. And we, we move in that direction. The last two years, of course, those kids were all, it, their academic life was, and personal life, it was all online. Yeah. 
they didn't, they weren't around a lot of people. They didn't have groups. They didn't, they didn't, you know, music is social. You know, you're always in a, a group, choir, orchestra, whatever. And so to me, I saw a lot of kids that came in with a lot of anxiety. You have to just nurture and nurture and hold their hand and pull them up and really, really pray for them. And I can't necessarily talk about, you know, Jesus with them, but I do say, do you pray? Are you, what's your spiritual life? Do you have a spiritual life? Uh, What helps you? How do you, I'll tell you one thing I use is a lot of breathing things because it's, first of all, we need it in voice, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but breathing uh, helps with anxiety. Breathing helps with maybe centering them a little bit and it doesn't, it, it doesn't hurt anything. And I just feel like if I can get a few things in there without being super blatant about stuff, but I I do want them to know I I accept where they are Mm -hmm. and we can work through just about anything. And uh, it's just a joy when that I've helped them stay together. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Not just fall apart. So uh, my own, expectations needed to change a little bit for these COVID kids. Sure. Um, It it has been different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it sounds to me like in some ways you're helping build life skills into them, maybe in more ways than you have in the past. So that's what I want to do. I mean, I think we need to do that. And, you know, how many people are really, uh, apart from the family or 100% for your student, for your kid. So wherever they are, you know, they need to know that they can talk to somebody or that they can unload or be honest, I guess, with somebody. And then, you know, and then I just forget it. I just forget it. I don't hold on to it, you know, because kids are fickle. Yeah. Um, you know, Monday, they may say that Wednesday, they feel totally different about something. And then I can observe and put the puzzle together. That helps me put the puzzle together. And the great thing about this is I usually have that student for four years, all of the kids, you know, for four years, I can see quite a, a long growth process and progress and growing up and maturing and So I do have that hope because I do know that wherever they are in four years, they can really pass many, many, many trials and tribulations and obstacles and and do great things. And I think getting a college degree, that's the great one of the greatest things I can help them do in whatever they're in. So and I tell them whatever you're learning, just learning something is a great skill. Whatever you're learning, whatever discipline you're putting to that, you got to come up with some kind of, you have to have a system of how you learn and work on that system. Everybody's different. I'll try to help. I'm helping too, but anything you put in that system and you learn and that discipline that you have, you can transfer that to all kinds of things in life. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping that, that we can do. And it happens to be through music that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. Let's now hear from Christina Espinoza-Alguera, 
business professor at University of Miami. Christina talks about the ways she prepares spiritually for the work of teaching and offers a couple of simple prayer practices in addition to a lovely articulation of the way her faith integrates with her work as a professor of business. Have you been getting ready? Well, yeah, the first one is actually mentally for me um, because um, it is a change to the way I've been normally teaching. And so it's just to be mentally ready for that. And, and with that is this the spiritual component of uh, recharging, taking time to, to have um, time for reflection and meditation, but specifically for preparing for mm-hmm. my classes. Mentally and spiritually being ready to to um to give because that's how i see it i am there and i am going to be a resource and i will be giving to my students so i want to make sure that i I am replenished myself yeah yeah so that's been um so, so that's that's what i'm doing um i do have um somewhere here my little black book of prayers <laughs> that i that i carry with me so in there, I'm writing um, specific requests for things as I'm preparing for my classes, specific things um, that I'm, I'm preparing for. Of course, we have a group. Um, we have an university group. So we, with that group, I've already put it in prayer, you know, for a peaceful beginning of the semester. So that's mm-hmm. always um, our prayer. But also specific things like um, if I'm, I am there are some changes that I want to make to my class based on last semester and also based on the fact that students, um, let's, how do I say it? Um, they, they, they don't like, they, they enjoy uh, being online. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so because of that, I want to, but I did notice that when I brought in speakers, uh, more of them showed up. Okay. So I want to bring in more speakers. So that's a, pra- a prayer um, to connect with the people that I want to bring in. Um, so to be able to connect with those. And some of them I know, but some people I, I, I want to know so that I can they can come to my class. And then, um, oh, and the other one is a prayer walk. So we've done in the past the prayer walk. We haven't done it a, a, a few years uh, because of COVID and people not wanting to be uh, together. But this year, I want to do a prayer walk again uh, with uh, with our chapter and uh, just be praying for our campus, for not just for the students, uh, for the faculty, the staff, the administrators, everybody that's going to be involved in being able to deliver um, a good semester to mm-hmm. the students. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's great. Do you mm-hmm. have any sort of... Uh, tips or tricks that you might pass along to others as they think about getting ready for a new academic year? Um, Yes. So definitely have time off, completely off. And by Mm -hmm. off, I also mean off of the computer, off of everything so that uh, you really have time to, again, to recharge, replenish. Mm-hmm. Because we need to be replenished and and have stuff in us so that we can give it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the number one to be able to recharge and replenish. I mean, if there are 
particular um, scriptures that speak to you, then go for that. So for me, it's, um, it's the whole concept of rebuilding. I believe that, you know, I'm in academia to rebuild. Um, I teach in business. So I know that my role is to rebuild um, how people think about business, you know, mm -hmm. that it's not all about the bottom line, that there are other things that businesses can bring into the common good. So I have scriptures that I that I um, meditate on for the for the for the particular subject that I teach, which is business and finance, and that type of stuff. Sure. So, yeah. So just being mindful of what my role is in the in the when I'm teaching is not just to pass on content. It's really to help them think that there's more to business than making money. That's not really the only bottom line. These conversations are rich with practical ideas and spiritual wisdom. And I hope you've been inspired to try something new as you prepare for your own fall experience. But let me pause for a second and ask, what if school starts for you tomorrow or started last week and you are feeling overwhelmed already? Well, let me say there is no need to be alarmed. Instead, see if there is a way you can take a small germ of an idea from this podcast and fold it into your life. Perhaps you don't have time for a week-long spiritual retreat, so try instead just taking a 20-minute morning walk and presenting your day to God. If your calendar already feels out of control, see if you can get a better handle on just this week's tasks. Perfection is not the goal, and prayer is always at hand, so jump in where you are and know that the Lord is in it with you. God cares deeply about you and your colleagues and your students and your loved ones. In fact, if you listen all the way to the end of the credits, I've included a bonus from our interview where Christina talks a bit more about prayer and offers a delightful way to share her prayers with students in a way that honors and respects them. The Women's Scholars and Professionals podcast is hosted by me, Anne Boyd, and is a production of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. We acknowledge that the opinions of our guests may not necessarily represent the ministry, doctrine, or policies of InterVarsity. You can find more information about our podcast and the other cool things we are doing at thewell.intervarsity.org. Our work is funded solely through the donations of our listeners and supporters. So if you enjoyed this podcast, you might consider joining our support team by donating even $10 per month. You can find out how to do this at our website. To ensure others will find and enjoy our podcasts as well, please consider rating and reviewing our podcast and sharing it with others. And as we close, listen in on these words from Christina about prayer. And, and related to that, one thing that I do tell them from the very beginning, I'm a praying person and I, I'm praying for you. Mm. And whenever they write to me, hey, you know, I'm sick, I won't be able to make it to class or I, you know, I had a death in the family, so I'm flying home. I always tell them, hey, you know what, I'm praying for you, uh, for you and your family. Yeah. So I always make it a point to let them know uh, what, what, you know, wherever they are on their spiritual journey that I am praying for them, even if, if, if they don't believe in prayer. Yeah.
sure, but there's, sure. you know, there's evidence that prayer helps, <laughs> even yeah. if they don't believe in it. <laughs>